what is good, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Fundamism Podcast. I'm your host, Paul J. Long, coming to you from the Fairfield Inn in Altoona, Iowa, suburb of Des Moines. I am prepping for an event tomorrow with Hubble Realty. It is customer service week for Hubble, and we are going to celebrate with two two-hour employee-focused workshops. We're going to bring the fun, the noise, and the funk. So I cannot wait. Shout out to our sponsor, as always, Charlie Hustle, founded by two kind-hearted individuals, Mr. Chase McAnulty and Holly McAnulty, celebrating the birth of their first baby girl, Olivia Rose was born this past weekend, and I just want to shout out both Chase and Holly, tell you how proud I am of you two, and uh, I cannot wait to see you shower that beautiful baby girl with the love and appreciation that you've blessed all of those uh, with whom you've crossed paths throughout the year. So congratulations. If you don't know anything about Charlie Hustle, please go to charliehustle.com. They're an amazing brand. They're run by amazing people. It is run by amazing people. They have an amazing staff, and they have a quality product. So charliehustle.com to learn more about their shirts, sweats, apparel, and all the finest attire uh, that you could get your hands on. They, of course, uh, partnered with Fundamism to release our first ever t-shirt, the What's Good shirt. Getting some great feedback on that and just had to place my second order as we have almost exhausted our uh, first batch. So extremely stoked. They're going like hotcakes to get yours. Go to Fundamism.com and uh, hit up the fun shop. So today, it's just you and I. We are uh, reflecting, spending a little time and thought over the course of the last year It's been an absolute whirlwind for uh, myself and my loving family. And when I say it's been a whirlwind, I am coming off of um, two weeks where in 10 days, I did eight gigs traveling from Iowa, North Dakota, Minnesota, Kansas, Missouri, basically got the Midwest on lock just delivering the fun. And I've had the opportunity to meet some absolutely amazing individuals, individuals that have opened their heart, shared their own personal stories, shared their appreciation for the experience that we shared together. And one of the things that has has really jumped out at me recently is the impact that some well-articulated appreciation can make on someone. You know, I, I speak often and people will, will at times come up to me after an event and many say wonderful things. And as with anything in life, there's a handful that don't or that actually voiced open displeasure with the experience that we shared together. 
And it's interesting because I find that oftentimes I have a tendency, and I think that many of you could probably relate to this, I have a tendency to focus more on the individuals that I didn't connect with or the job that I didn't do well or the times that I failed. I focus on those things more than the times where people say wonderful things or shower me with praise or... uh, even experienced successes. And I, I think that there's there's a parallel there to kind of how we we walk through life. It's so easy for us to get down on ourselves and think about all the things that we're not doing. And there's so much greatness around us if you if you're just present and we pay attention. So I've actually made a concerted effort recently to not try to deflect or um, express uh, discomfort when people say nice things to me. I try to, I try to open myself up and accept it for what it is because for one reason or the others or other uh, singular individuals are coming up to me to share their emotions and if they could bear the courage to share their emotions and be open with how I made them feel, well, then I should be receptive to receiving that. So some of the feedback that I've received recently has is, is been, uh, been life-altering for some and game-changing for me. I've heard stories uh, recently, a young lady came up to me and she said, I just want to say thank you for making me laugh for the first time in two months, two months. I said, ma'am, what's been going on that this is the first time that you've laughed in two months? And she said, well, my husband has been battling some health issues and she works in healthcare. So she said, me being in healthcare, you know, I know a lot of the ins and outs of, you know, illness and care and, and all of that stuff. And we knew that something wasn't right. And recently he was diagnosed with cancer. And so while the doctors are expressing optimism and, and we're trying to figure out a treatment plan, cause that's still up in the air, Knowing what I know and experiencing what I've experienced, it's very difficult for me to, to have a positive mindset going into this. And so as such, I've just been kind of overcome with, with grief and you know, just kind of a, a blah attitude, if you will. And she said, you, Paul, have been the first individual that's made me laugh in two months. She said, I can't say that you've changed my life today, but I could definitively say that you changed my day, even my week. And I would go so far as to say, you've changed the last two months for me. I'm going to subscribe to your podcast, and I got your book in my hand. She said, and anytime I'm ever feeling down, I'm going to listen for your voice, and it's going to remind me of the time that we shared together. 
What's amazing about that story is that's never my goal. Whenever I speak with an individual or an organization, I don't, I don't have a goal to make an impact in that individual's life. I don't have a goal to reveal some earth-shattering idea. I don't have a goal to get something in return. Every time I go on stage, every single time, my purpose, my primary responsibility to myself is to create an environment to create an environment where people can see authenticity and they could experience a genuineness and sincerity and they could feel what it's like to be free. And so I do that not knowing how others experience those environments or those phenomenon, I do it by doing the only thing that I know how to do. And that's have fun myself. You've often heard me say that my, my primary goal in every session that I ever do, keynote uh, or workshop, is I want to have fun. And I typically laugh a lot at myself. And so if my, if my two goals every single session or any time I speak are to laugh at myself and to have fun, well, then how could I fail? How could I not meet or exceed my expectations if I'm the individual that is in complete control of those expectations? See, it would be a huge miss of me to place my expectations on others. I have no idea what an audience or what an individual expects from me unless I explicitly ask them. So as such, if I go into a situation expecting something from them, well, then I'm going to fail because I don't even know what their expectations are. If I expect that I'm going to exceed their expectations, I will fail. I don't know what their expectations are. But my expectations are to have fun and to laugh. And I know that over time, based on my experience, when I do that, people typically come with me. And they say, you know, it's been refreshing. Or you're different. Or man, you're a, you're a ball full of energy. Are you always this way? And by and large, for the most part, I am. I mean, I get tired, of course. But for the most part, I, man, I really enjoy life because there's so many things in life to appreciate if you're paying attention and you're not focused on the crap that's not working. Who holds your value? You see, my value is not not held in the hands of, of any participant or audience member that attends my keynote. My value isn't established by the clients that I work with. 
My value isn't established by my children or by my wife, by my mother, by my best friends. They don't hold my value. I hold my value. I am the only individual in this planet or on this planet that understands what I'm capable of. And sometimes I don't even know what I'm capable of. But what I know to be 100% certain is that when we place expectations on everybody else and we place expectations of certain interactions and how they're going to go and what we will receive, we oftentimes find ourselves disappointed. Nobody holds your value but you. If I want to be a tremendous father, then I'm going to be a tremendous father. I'm going to do the things necessary. I'm going to make the commitments required to be a tremendous father. And as such, my children will see value in me as their father. But my value wasn't established by them. My value was established by by my commitment to whatever it is I want to be. Same thing goes for my loved ones. Melissa is one of the most supportive, respectable, respectful, honest individuals that I've ever met in my whole entire life. We have a tremendous amount of respect and love for one another. She doesn't establish my value. It works for us because we understand that relationships are give and take. And if I want to be a good husband, if I want to be a provider, if I want to lift her up when she's down, then I put forth the effort. And while if indeed I can't lift her out of whatever she's going through, maybe, just maybe, I wasn't armed with the ammunition to make it happen. Maybe I had an expectation that could not be fulfilled. Why? Because it wasn't me going through that. It wasn't me that was challenged. If I have an expectation of living, lifting Melissa or my mother or an audience member or a child, one of our children, out of a funk, and I fail, sometimes I get disappointed. But why do we wear that? You see, that is owned by the individuals going through the challenging moments. Now, we could reveal our truth. We could reveal our opinions. We could open up our hearts, be open to talking or asking questions to drive self-discovery. But ultimately, we all own our role in just about everything that we experience and go through. But yet we place so many expectations on everybody else. Let me give you an example. 
I've been speaking for just under two years. And when I first started out, many of you guys know, it was a challenging, it was a challenging time. But what I haven't openly shared with most is that the people closest to me, the people that I surrounded myself with, weren't always the most vocally supportive. Family, friends, coworkers. I had individuals that I have looked up to my whole life tell me that maybe I should give up this fundamentalism thing. Maybe I should get a real job. There's no money to be made in this external sales and consulting, speaking. This is a hobby. These are all things that I heard the individuals closest to me tell me when I was trying to make it and establish whatever role fundamentalism and whatever title it was going to be. But you know what? A lot of times that feedback fuels individuals. And we hear people say, well, you're going to fail. Or you should give up. This is just a hobby. You need to get a real job. And so we get mad and we say, oh, I'm going to show them. But what I found over time is individuals that say things to me and to you about their opinion of what we're going to do or what we're capable of, oftentimes say it out of complete ignorance. I'm not saying stupidity. I'm saying the unknown. I'm saying that no one on this earth knows what I'm capable of. Nobody on this earth knows what you are capable of. When you set forth a goal or a plan... And, and plans aren't perfect, but I'm saying a general structure of what you want to accomplish and how you're going to get there. And you set your mind to make it happen. And you do and put in the work necessary to bear the fruits of your labor. Well, then ultimately, I believe that you can accomplish anything. I know because here I am just under two years into my speaking career, founded on the, the principles and the feedback and the guidance that I was given from those closest around me that I needed to give up and that I needed to get a big boy job and that there was no money to be made in what I was doing or trying to accomplish. Here I am just under two years later and I've sold close to 5,000 books We have over 20,000 downloads of the podcast. This is our 61st consecutive week that we've posted a podcast. And I have more gigs than I can actually do. I'm turning down work. Now, 
if this sounds like it's coming from a place of ego, let me assure you it's not. Because I know that I have not arrived and I know that I have a lot that I want to accomplish. And those of you that know me and have seen me speak or have have been around me personally or professionally, you know that what drives me above and beyond everything else is to help people to be thoughtful and kind and to shower people with experiences that are memorable and fun. And we got a long road to come. But that said, I'm going to take some time to appreciate where we've come from. And I'm going to remind myself that the individuals that once told me that this was not possible, they didn't know what I was capable of. And no one knows what you're capable of. So stop listening to everybody else. Figure out what you want. Put in the work to make it happen. I believe in you. And all you need now is belief in yourself. As always, I want to say thank you for giving me uh, some time out of your day to tune in, to potentially uh, share and an experience that could help move one of us forward. Because I got to tell you, sometimes it just helps me. Putting my words out into the universe forces me to think. And I feel blessed that I get the opportunity to share them with you. So thank you for your support. As always, I wish you guys a wonderful week. Go out and create some fun for yourself. And hopefully, create some fun in the lives of others. Because we could all use a little bit more of that, couldn't we? Have an amazing day. We'll catch you on the flip side. Deuces! Deuces!